0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, a special car edition from Cully. We got episode 102, Dwayne, and we are joined by reoccurring guest, friend of the show, um, all around great hockey guy in general, but this time of year, my friends, is Chris Buck and Peter's time of year. Uh, oh, Chris yeah. Peters joining us, um, who's now at Flow uh, Flow Sports. That's Tell right. us a little bit about where we can, we can find your work there.
1: Yeah, so Flow Sports. Flow Sports and flowhockey.tv is where my live draft coverage will be. I'll be covering, uh, you know, pick by pick in the first round and certainly reviewing all the picks after the first round's over um, and also all the entire draft class um, on Friday after the draft. And, you know, I've been with Daily Face Off for the last season. It's just it's it's kind of awkward timing to switch jobs right before the draft, but um, got this opportunity with Flow Hockey and Flow Sports, which is um, where you're gonna get a lot of streaming uh, video. Like right now, they have. The I heard the, they're growing at an unbelievable pace. Sorry to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, really, they are. Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, you know, they they acquired Hockey Tech, which has hockey TV. Wow. Um So yeah, so like you know,
0: that's a big merger in itself, right there.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is. So it's it's really cool that uh, you know they want to really beef up the content uh, the, around hockey and uh, they found me and uh, just really, uh, really excited to start this new new venture. You know, I've been kind of on my own and this is going to be a chance to be back in full-time hockey work and uh, just really just going full bore at, at making uh, great content and still continuing with draft analysis and prospect coverage. I mean, that's really going to be the anchor content that we provide and um, I really can't wait to you know t- to get started. I've been on the job for a couple of weeks, and it's just kind of been a learning process. And now it's time to hit hey, the ground running. The yeah, time and here's pump. the draft. Yep, yep, the draft. Let's go. I'm ready to Beat go. To the fire. No, me and Dwayne were talking about
0: it earlier, uh, and not to pump your tires too hard, but like. You, you... For us, you're the best in the business. You have such a good pulse on, on what's happening. You obviously have had multiple viewings. The first and question I wanted to get out of the way is, and Dwayne, the floor is yours after this. Does this feel like the first normal draft to you since you know, the pandemic?
1: You know, it's honestly, it's still not quite all the way there. You know, like that is that's the thing about this year. There are so many benchmark events that we've missed this year, you know, or that there weren't fully like World the whole team Juniors. Wasn't there. Yeah, World well, Juniors.
0: I, I, for the life know. of me, answer me this, Chris. Why couldn't they fit the World Juniors in like last weekend? You know what I mean? <laughs> but I really, would like, that. how much of a tool is that? How many we can go through and and count the number of guys that maybe were not even on, uh, you know, not even ranked, but had a decent enough showing. That a team invested a late round pick, right? Yeah, it happens
1: all the time, and yeah, it's unfortunate for those guys that that you know may not have gotten that extra viewing in. But I'll tell you what, like you, you didn't have that. Canada didn't go to the Holenka Gretzky Cup this year because of COVID what? restrictions. Um, yeah, they weren't Who there.
0: Else missed it?
1: Just Canada. So, because uh, even Russia they was there, this they was couldn't have the missed it. World the year
0: World. I played, and Taylor All had four goals on me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that <laughs> he's pretty good. Um, but yeah, but it, you know, so so that was a big loss, and then the under eighteen worlds, no Russia there because that was after everything happened in Ukraine, and and it was like they're you know they're they're. Not Has allowed. there been
0: an announcement on that front either way from NHL teams, or is it like um,
1: no, they haven't, they have not, you know, teams have not been instructed not to take them. It's kind of team by team basis, Um and uh and I think that it's gonna be. um you know, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be, um, you know, just kind of the whole, I don't know, this the way that this whole year set up with the Russians, um, there were so many different things to, that come into play that I think, you know, most teams are probably feeling like they um, – you know they they will take on the risk for the right player, but it's got to be the right player, and they got to be really oh,
0: comfortable. And somebody that doesn't have a five-year contract at CSKA right now. I yeah, guess. exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, like that whole name, thing with Ivan. Who is it in the top ten that's got that five-year deal still?
1: Oh well, that's uh, next, uh, Mitchkov next year. So he's okay. the guy that could be the next year, and he'll be. He's still got five. Yeah, he's got a long-term deal with. Uh, uh, There's uh, just so K. many
0: question marks around that, right? It's and you kind so of mentioned that.
1: There's some stuff going on with Russian players
2: right now, too. Like, yeah. I heard Sorokin's back in Russia right now for, uh, from what I read, I'm looking into it right now. Like, he has to go back to Russia for
0: some type of military service. The mandatory military, yeah. Sweden yeah. does something. The Finnish Which, do something like that, right?
1: Yeah, but this is a lot different than that, because usually the Russians, there's like a deferred service kind of thing where they, yeah. the, they like do for the Guys from West Point, if they sign
0: pro after college,
1: yeah, like, yeah, kind of like that, but it's, it's not, you know, it's some of those guys will never end up serving at all, you know, so it's just kind of, it's, it's a strange deal. It's a strange deal. Yeah. Pretty much, Go I ahead, think, it's
2: a strange deal these days. So,
1: um, no,
2: but thanks for hopping on with us, Chris. You're our third third time. your' third time on with us. I, I believe, believe so. Yeah, you're, you're our most tenured guest out of all right episodes. You've appeared the most. So all right, couple clicks for Chris. I, I no.
0: love <laughs> clicks. I'm driving safely still.
2: Yeah, driving safely still. <laughs> but um, you know we we we, you know we were talking before we brought you on on air. Um, you know you kind. I wouldn't say you, you want you went off the board because most people have. I mean up until recently Shane Wright slotted number one. I was really pleased to see in your latest your final uh, mock draft that you have Logan Cooley first overall and I couldn't be happier because I'm just glad to know I'm not I, I'm not just in the I'm not the only one in the minority of Logan Cooley at one.
0: yeah Dwayne, before you came on when me, when me and Chris were talking pre show I said, I love it. I love that spot. And I asked him, too, on top of Dwayne's question, have you gotten any shit for it from anybody? Like, I just think it's out of the box. He's a slam dunk player. I guess when you finish answering Dwayne's question, can you tell us a little bit about what makes him so special? Because I'm I'm in love with him, too, Dwayne.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the thing about Cooley that I I really – I really like is just that dynamic element. I mean, he, he jumps off the, the ice every time you watch him play. He's got the most skill. You know, I think he's the most dynamic player in this draft. And he's the kind of guy that, you know, you would hope to get a, a number one. The reason I have him number one is because I think he's the guy that has the best chance of being a superstar player. Um, it's not a guarantee. There's certainly a lot of risk there. I don't think there's a single guy in this draft class that, you know, raised his hand and, and, and blew everybody away. Um, no Connor Bedard? Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. No Connor Bedard. No Connor McDavid's. No Austin Matthews. I mean, like, really. Um, you know, this is this is a year where there's a lot of uncertainty about the top picks, as there should be, because you know I don't think the chain right necessarily pulled pulled away here.
0: But um, isn't it crazy though that with his exceptional status, for so long it felt like he was a lock, and then in in the past year, let's say maybe a year and a half. Like, have you? Do you have a comparable for a guy that's played his way out of um, number one?
1: Gosh, you know, I mean, years years ago, um, you know, the some of those guys would would kind of play themselves out of it. It's hard to say though. Like, I, you know what? John McFarland is probably one of those guys. played
0: uh, against him, yeah. So, what was he first overall for the '92 draft? He. Uh, uh. he speed. You exactly. remember how he was big? And that was right in that 2010 area where everything started to get faster.
1: Yeah, you know, and he was one of those guys. He was one of those guys that was he tried to get exceptional status, didn't get it. And, um, you know, it turned out that he he slipped in the draft. And then, you know, this isn't the same situation as as uh, Shane Wright. But I mean, there was a lot of talk about. John McFarland being one of the top guys in that draft class, and of course, you know he did he did not make it. You know, did not make the NHL. Shane Wright's not at risk of make of missing out on the NHL. I think he's going to play. On the issue with him right now is that we haven't seen the progression year over year. He didn't play last year, and I think that the the consensus started dwindling a lot sooner internally than it did externally. Um, I had Cooley at number one at the midterm, which was basically my way of saying. I don't believe that Shane Wright's the best player in this draft, but it was also because I I did feel that Logan Cooley was, and I still feel that way. Now I have a feeling that the first pick in this draft is going to end up being Slavkoski as opposed to Cooley um, and Wright. And I I think that Cooley ends up going last of the three, but I'm not hundred percent positive on that. I think there's also a chance that we'll see one of the defensemen go earlier than we expect. And that's just indicative of how, Outside of the norm, this draft class is where just nobody really stood out and said, "Yep, I'm the number one guy. You got to take me number one." And and while Shane Wright believes that's him, while I'm sure Cooley and Slipkowski believe that's him, um, there's a case to be made for you know a number of players at this point. So, uh, but I think that Cooley's the most dynamic and therefore the guy that you know I also think his hockey sense is out of this world. If he processes the game faster than any of the players in this draft. And that's why I really like him as the number one.
0: Great release too. Oh
2: my yeah. goodness,
1: just a beautiful shot off.
2: In my opinion, the best. 200 uh, foot Dwayne, player.
0: I had one more before I had to get off. Um, I have about five minutes here, then you can take it home. Chris, we talked a little bit off air. Is is there any comparison to be made? Like Slavkovsky has had the opposite effect of what we talked about with John McDonald and Shane Wright. He's played his way up up the up the charts. Right? He looked he looked like a man out there at World Championships. That was my biggest viewing of him, um, but you know what? For for a big guy, he's got that NHL ready shot. He plays a heavy game down low. Um, how much of it is team need for the Canadiens?
1: You know, I that's a good question. I mean, I I feel like they don't want to have to pick for team need, um, but certainly if they got a big left winger, they'd be happy with it, right? You know, like it's it's a guy that they feel they the reason you draft your ice number one is if you believe he's a top line winger, if you believe that he's going to help your team score a lot of goals and that very well could be the case. I mean that very well, the way that he plays, I could see it happening where he is going to, you know, be a, a, an expert winger for Nick Suzuki and he can play alongside, you know, he could be the, the big, the big winger to the small winger of Cole Caulfield on the other side. So, you know, there is a real opportunity there, but if you you know, I think other teams, you know, they probably have a lot of the same kind of feelings. Like, what if he is Capo What you know, because Kakko's numbers in his in, in Liga, his his draft year were way better than Slavkowski's. Slavkowski's
0: and like we talked about off air, similar like the similarities, they both really stood out and not only I know the world junior hasn't happened for Slavkowski, but they've really used the international tournaments to their advantage.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Olympics and the World Championships, and and Slavkovsky's World Championship was exceptional by by his age. Oh, he age was period. phenomenal. Yeah. So you know that was big, and then he was the MVP of the Olympics. And um, you know, I think the World Championship actually was a harder tournament than the Olympics were this year. Um, just because yeah. the you know that there were more NHL players in the in the World Championships and. Uh-huh. You know, Slavkowski played over twenty minutes. He was Slovakia's top forward, and you know he he allowed them to win a, a bronze medal, at, Allowed at the, them their at first Olympics. medal in,
2: in, Olymp- yeah. and, and,
0: and
1: in Olymp-
2: Olympics history too. Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, in, that's big you know,
0: for a hockey starved country where we've we've talked about it. I think on your first episode, where uh, like uh, you know a typical top six team in Slovakia went through a really dry stretch for draft picks like i want to say from from my time 2010 to 2018 right where we didn't see the normal slow box coming out
1: yeah ab- absolutely absolutely i mean that's huge and i think this is going to be a big draft for slovakia because you got Nemec, you got slovakovsky you've got Meshar. um there's another a number of other guys i mean really czechoslovak like the czechoslovakian the former Czechoslovakia. There's gonna be a lot of checks, a lot of Slovaks that are gonna go in the top two rounds, which is great to see. Yeah, um, and, and you know this—that's the interesting thing. This is gonna be a heavy European-American first round compared to most years. It's gonna probably be one of the less, the least, um, fewest Canadian picks I think in a long time in the first round.
0: Is this—is this the year that we finally see the CHL lose its majority?
1: I think it'll lose its majority in the in the first round, yeah. But I mean, outside no,
0: overall, it's overall, been trending. Overall,
1: I pro- I would say no. I would say no. I think they'll still have it, but it won't be by much.
0: Now, me and Dwayne were talking about a possible move up, Dwayne. I don't know if you want to ask and frame it like you did uh, how we were talking, but. Um, is it worth it this year for us to go out? Like if we have a guy, do we have enough ammunition to trade into that top three? Or do you look at the three teams there and are they – they're picking those three?
2: So, so pretty much say uh one of those two guys because I, I don't see – I think Shane Wright, if he doesn't go first, he's going second. Right? I, 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 can't. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I don't think
1: so. I don't think that – I don't think that New Jersey – Um. There's a fit there. I just don't think you they know, have they a have, lot
0: of young centers, right? Yeah, they got and centers. Hughes, they, they, they're, they're, they're
1: their top three centers are pretty Hughes. much set. So you got Hughes, you got Mercer that's will true. play center long term. Well, maybe so, then they would trade out of that spot. I mean, it, it would make sense to. You'd have to find somebody that desperately wants the shade, right? Or Cooley or somebody like that. It's
2: the 2023 draft. You want to be loaded in that picks because that's that's the draft, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. You know, we have one of our own in that in, in draft eligible that year, and Quentin Musty. I, I know. You probably double
0: really, clicks, friend of the program.
2: Yeah. Uh, I know you've probably done more of your focus on this year's draft, but next year is going to be loaded. And we have a kid out of Hamburg, New York, here, Quentin Musty, first overall yeah. pick in the OHL draft, who's uh, you know, again, had an, had an injured riddled season, but when he was healthy, played very well. I'm sure Cully has been on the ice with him a bunch of times, him, him and his sister. Um, but with that being said, that's the draft you really want to be loaded in at picks. Maybe New Jersey is a team where it's like, well, we're willing to take a step back in the first round and try and load up in 2023. Or, you know, maybe, maybe a guy, maybe he falls out of the top three, one of these guys falls out of the top three. And, you know, maybe a team like Buffalo who's sitting at nine is like, you know what? We have the capital to move up to four. Let's do it because this guy, yeah. this, this guy is a guy that could help us next year.
1: Yeah. You know, it's it 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 is interesting. There is there are so many different things that I think can happen at the top of this draft, Wayne. Like it's really it is really gonna be coming down to how strongly teams feel about certain players and whether or not they're willing to pay the price to to get up there. And I agree with you. You wanna have the twenty twenty-three picks. I think, you know, in New Jersey's case, I probably I would imagine that they don't want to take too far of a step back next season. So I think that they would be more aggressive with that second pick on the trademark and maybe not go for 2023 picks so much as they would potentially want to go for, um, you know, like a, a roster player, which is very possible,
0: right. that, which that would be very fascinating.
1: Better, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and because you want to make sure you're maximizing Nico Heisher, Jack Hughes, and then they, they, you know, they they've got some really good defensemen coming as well, including Luke Hughes, who who won't be there next year, but will be there soon. You know, so there's a lot of really quality draft. uh You know storylines heading into this draft, one of them being what the heck does New Jersey do? I think there could, they could end up getting one of the defensemen, even at second I, overall. They could break up the whole party.
0: And that and that opens up uh, Pandora's box for what the Sabres can do. Um, let's just say it pans out like um, the way we thought the three teams picked the top three guys. And then, you know, a guy like Cutter Gautier, I hope I'm saying his name correctly.
1: Uh, yeah, you see Gautier, him as yeah. A, mm-hmm.
0: to the Sabers at nine, or is he somebody they would have to move up for? Because I mean, if I'm you talk about moving up in that top three, it's going to be tough, right? Yeah, I don't, don't think I don't think he'll be player. I don't
1: think he'll be there at nine. I don't think he'll be there at nine.
0: So that's what I'm asking. If we have to move up to what, like six, to get him, like, I, do we have the capital? What do you think it would take to get him? And it, like, where do you have him falling? If if you could give me a number, just magic for, hat
1: for Goche yeah um I mean I think I think he doesn't go any lower than six I so how do, really. how do we move up from ninety six is that gonna cost us both of our probably other both. two probably both yeah, I would imagine so, and maybe more. I mean, I just
0: I'm looking at the Sabres you know timeline and 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 granted, it's gonna help to see you know, a guy like P- uh, Powers come in and, and us solidifying our goaltending. I'm just curious because, you know, if this if Kevin Adams is in love with a guy and we can find that third center or somebody that can be in that top nine, because I know he's listed as a wing, right? But didn't he come right. out and say that he, he plans to play center at college?
1: Well, yeah, and he played center some this year when uh, Charlie Strammel was injured. So he played center. You know, he's definitely more effective as a goal scorer on the wing, but at the same time, he's got the frame. The, the competitiveness i mean the mentality of a center no. you know, he he plays a 200 foot game like he, you know he would be a really like you mm. know really good 3 if he if he pans out as a center um so there's a lot there but yeah i mean it's it, where, i think he's i think the top to get into the top 6 of this draft will will be pretty costly um where, and i think i i also think that there is a chance that the canadians are going to be a player in 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 having a top 7 pick in this year's draft I, I, uh, outside of the outside of one overall. And we're talking about Cutter
2: Gutier. He's my second favorite player in this draft, believe it or not. I mean, I, I again, I'm a huge guy on the U S development program. I think the, the, what they've done over the last decade, the amount of players they, they they've gotten to the NHL is just, you know, unbelievable. I, I, I look at Gutier, I, but the, the one thing that comes to mind for me is versatility. The ability to play both those positions is huge. And it goes such a long way. You look at guys like JT Miller, right, out of Vancouver right now, who's yep. possibly the biggest, you know, you 99-point know, season guy, really, you know, at 30, 30 years old, you know, he can play both the wing and center. To have that type of versatility on your team and that le- level of skill, I mean, I'm, I'd am i be willing to trade up both – trade two, two of our first to, – to get – to get there to to draft him, honestly, because I think he's worth it. I think to have that type of versatility, that type of size at six foot three, just under 200 pounds, like the guy, the guy, I think he's going to be a stud. I mean, maybe, maybe not a top line center, but a guy that, you know, maybe at least not the beginning of his career, but a guy who in the first couple of years could be your second or even third line center. And that's.
0: Hey, I got to cut out here, boys. Dwayne, sorry. Uh, Chris, thanks again, brother. Talk to you soon. (laughs) See you, Cully. See you, boys.
2: Gotta gotta love the furnace face from Cully. Uh, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't listen to the way. But uh, no, um, I I just love that versatility about him. And he yeah. had a I think he had a phenomenal uh, season. Uh, you know, committed to playing for Boston College next season. But with the USNTDP, uh, you know, had a sixty five point season uh, at, at junior uh, for the development program in juniors, uh, twenty eight points. Uh, I just, you know, you you can't teach size and he's got an unbelievable shot. Uh, Callie even said a great release. And I just, the versatility for me, that's where it's at. And I don't think you, you can never be too deep down the middle and, you know, to have a guy who, even if you, even if you don't have room for met center, the guy that can slot right over on the wing.
1: Yeah. So I, I agree. Like, I, I mean, I think that if you, if, especially as a team, like the Sabres are in a position where they're starting to have compiled enough prospects that you can never have enough prospects, but they've got guys that they can start projecting a little more comfortably into their lineup. Um, and that is a really good place to be. Um, it allows you to be aggressive on things. Like if you did say you wanted to trade both picks and try to get up in a, you know, seven or six or somewhere there. Um, I'm not, guarantee that that would make get get the job done but if you know if Gauthier is still there that's the other thing is you know you have to see if he's still there you know I think there's a good chance the Flyers could take somebody like him I think you know he he strikes me as the kind of guy that would really fit well there um I don't think it's out of the question that he goes before Cooley honestly you know I don't think it's out of I don't think it's out of the question I think there's a chance a small one but I think there's a chance um that Arizona goes in a different direction, you know, where where they where they maybe take one of the defensemen or maybe they take Gauche. You know, like it's really, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, it makes sense. He's also a Scottsdale. He spent a lot of his childhood in Scottsdale. You know, so that's that's the other thing too that that's there. Um, but Cooley, yeah, I mean Cooley, you just have to it's gonna be a fascinating to see kind of that dynamic between Gautier and Cooley, um, just because I mean Cooley was far and away the better player throughout the season, but there's a whole upside conversation that you have to have and go chase the bigger, more athletic guy. Um, so he's a very attractive prospect.
2: Cooly's at what, like, I think he's booked at five foot 10. Uh, yeah, Boutier a is, little bit under
1: five eleven. 11. Yep. So, yep,
2: and, and, uh, and, uh, Goutier is, uh, or oh, sorry, Goodyear is at six foot three, just under 200 pounds. Yeah,
1: yeah, big size difference. Big. Yeah,
2: it is a huge size difference. And maybe it's not a big man's game anymore, but size does matter, man. And to have that type of size either on your wing or down the middle, it does matter. And you know, if there, especially if there's a team I'm looking to make that trade with, it's absolutely the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, just don't look any further than their deal they made with us for Rasmus Bristol Lion which is mind blowing still to me to this day. A first, a second, and a and, and a body on our blue line for Rasmus Bristol Lion and straight up. That 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 was mind blowing to me. Absolutely mind blowing to me. So yeah. a I'm trying to make that trade with it is one thousand percent the Philadelphia Flyers.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. That's uh I I mean I it does sound like at this point that the Flyers are very reluctant to move the pick um and so that's that's going to be it's going to be interesting another name that's gets thrown out thrown at around like buffalo at
2: number nine uh is frank nazar like you know what can you tell us about him uh another US tdp kid uh you know good nice uh, nice story uh coming up um you know backstory uh, his upbringing. Um, what can you tell us about him and, you know, would he fit well in Buffalo at, if, if they were to call his name at nine?
1: I mean, I love the player. I think that it, you know, that's a, it'd be a solid spot for him to land. Um, you know, it's again, now you get a center if you believe he, you know, he's a five, he'd be a five foot 10 center. Um, He's got a good motor on him. He's one of the faster skaters in the draft. He's very sneaky, able to get behind defenses. Uh, you know, he's got dynamic puck skills, I think. Um, good release, you know, all over just a really solid player. So I, I got a lot of time for him. I think that he, you know, for me, he was seventh on my on my draft rankings, my final draft rankings. Um, uh, and I don't think he's going to go that high. I mean, I, I honestly am not entirely sure that he'd go um, – at nine, you know, like I just don't know if he's going to be there um, or not. But but that's a guy that I think you you leave the draft with him, you feel like he got more skilled and he got faster, which is a good place to be.
2: If you're Kevin Adams, are you are you making all three of these picks or do you look at it as a situation where you want to maybe trade back even to compile more picks for 2023? Or do you look at opportunities you see guys out there like an Alex DePrincat who's kind of been dangled out there know a 24 year old goal scoring 40 goal scorer on the wing i know we already have a third you know jeff skinner who's overpaid you know you know not not i mean he had a great season last year don't get me wrong but i don't think he's ever going to live up to that contract especially you know without the nothing against tage thompson but he's mm-hmm. not this not the level of playmaking center that jack Eichel was that year you know when he scored 40 um you know, do you see them making all three of these picks? And if so, you know, after nine, where do you see, you know, guy, what guys do you see
1: around the 16th
2: and the 28th pick, uh, you know, that Buffalo had from both Florida and- Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that they should be aggressive regardless, you know, whether it's with the picks that they make or by moving some picks. I mean, I don't think this is a year where you're going to get a lot better drafting back, you know, and getting multiple Selections. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think that they necessarily have to do that. Take what you have, which is really good value, and and have a chance to get out of here with three quality prospects. You know, at least two impact prospects and one that you know has a real good chance. So, you know, I would say that you know right now it's tough. If there was an opportunity to get like say a DeBrinket or to get a um, a, a guy that has some proven scoring potential, then I say yeah, you absolutely try to look at those moves and and consider making them. Um, you know, I think that the the opportunity that the that the the, the Sabers have right now is that they, they have a young core that needs a little bit more support. You know, they've got a lot mm-hmm. of talent. They've got a lot of guys. You know, Owen Power, Rasmus Dahlin. That, that's a great core to start your blue line with. You know, you, you look at some of the other guys and you say, OK, well, we got Peyton Krebs. We got Dylan Cousins up front. We got Jack Quinn, J.J. Paterka. We got we got players, you know, Victor Olofsson. We got all these guys there. They can make a, they can make a difference for us. Um, And Alex Tuck, of course. And so, you know, I would say, um, you know, the best path is is if there's if there's a chance to be aggressive on the trade front, you know, it's worth exploring. But at nine and sixteen, you have a chance to get two really good players. Maybe some of the players that'll end up as among the best in this draft. I think you'll have a chance to get a defenseman. You'll have a chance to get a uh, you know some good forwards. Um, you know, address some organizational needs if you really need to. But you know, I just think there's a lot of there's a lot to like about the the location of the picks. The nine and sixteen are really the ones where I'm just like, man, I, you're going to get something really good unless you get a chance to you know to trade for a guy that provides immediate help and allows your team to, you know, start soaring a little earlier than you planned.
2: Yeah. And a guy like Debrincat, he could be that guy too. I, I Again, I know, you know, play on the opposite side. I'm, I think, I'm pretty sure he played on the opposite side of Kane uh, most of the year last year. Obviously Kane makes everything easier for whoever he's playing with. But I mean, even if he's scoring 30, 30 to 35 goals on, the, on a Buffalo team next year, that's a monster improvement over what we've had over the last few years. And, but for me, I think at nine, I think you have to pick a, the best center available for me. I just, and if a guy like Cutter Goodyear is available, you know, a few picks before, if it's me, I, I think I do my best to move up and get that kid because I think he's going to be an absolute stud.
1: Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I mean, I think he's going to be really good. So if you can get him for sure. Yeah. I mean, like if you can move up, that's great. But yeah, I mean, but- if, if, I still think there's really good value. Um, that's available who is a guy
2: that you don't think is getting talked about enough
1: well he's getting he's getting talked about but it's just like you know most of it is like yeah i don't know if he's gonna be a first rounder and that's uh lane hudson five foot eight defenseman from the NTDP, and he's my favorite player in the draft you know i just think that i'm a, I'm a big believer in in his competitiveness and his tenacity and his ability to um you know battle and and then also the dynamic element of his skill. You know, he, he's the second, had the second highest scoring season from a defenseman in NTP history. That's ahead of Adam Fox and ahead of Quinn Hughes, just behind uh, Cam York. And, uh, you know, that's that's a really impressive number for him. Um, I think that he has some of the most dynamic puck skills of any defenseman in this draft. Um, I did rank him in the, in the high 20s of my first round. So, you know, it's not like I've... Uh, Suck my neck out terribly far with that, but I do think there's a good chance that he doesn't go in the first round. Um, And, you know, I, I get it. You know, there's a lot of risk in drafting a smaller defenseman. He's got a lot, you know, there's, there's plenty to to be concerned about. I'm just not one that believes that the size is, is going to deter deter him from being an impact defenseman in the NHL. Um, I've watched him in the age group. I've watched him dominate the age group. Um, And, you know, I think if he grows a little bit, which is still possible, then you could have a real steal on your hands. So okay. that's a guy I really like.
2: And I, I, again, when it comes to size, we, we hear it time and time again. We heard it with Cole Caulfield. Is he a guy that's going to be able to make that transition in the NHL? Is is, is he big enough? Alex DeBrincat, another name, out there, a guy who wasn't that big, who was criticized a lot for his size, and look at him now. He's a forty goal scorer. Yeah. You know, I, I I I look at size, and that's not the end all be all for me. I think that's probably why not, – not probably is why maybe he's, dropped, he's dropped, dropped down a lot of draft boards and, like you said, couldn't go as far as the second – back to the second round. Um, and I agree at absolute steel. The kid's uh, puck moving ability is unbelievable. Um, again, I've been a, been a big fan of that program. Uh, you know, as we called – we talked about it in episode 101. We call it the program now uh, mm-hmm. for a while. And just the, the ability to – their ability to get players in the NHL – and not just get them to the NHL, but be su- successful and be key players in whatever teams they're playing for. I mean, it's just second to none, in my opinion. You know, yeah. it's it's, it's unbelievable. It's been unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it has. I mean, you know, I having worked there for a couple of years early on in my career, and just being able to see it up close, it's really evolved over the years. And now, I think it's gotten to the point where it really is, um, you know, kind of this. They, you know they do it right they they focus on development first results second and yep. that really and then the, that drives the results it drives positive results it's been pretty amazing to see that um and you know i think that the this class in particular has a chance to be one of the best in terms of total draft numbers um it it isn't close in my book to the 2001 birth year or the 97 birth year and those of course included jack Hughes and uh and austin matthews yeah. so you know those are those are those are completely different elements, but you know this is a this is a year where I think there's really a lot to like about the NHL draft uh, from the NTDP because they just they have so many quality players.
2: I mean, there's there's five or six guys out of that program that could go in the first round this year. If I'm, I'm correct, if I'm wrong. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I think five. I think yeah, six, six. I'd our, say it probably at least. EA, um, yeah, Snuggerud, uh, Snuggerud McRory, Chesley. Could be Hudson. We don't know. Don't Could know, be Seamus Casey. I don't know. Yeah, so. I, I just
2: is the is the no divine no not Div- divine's not no, no divine
1: divine yeah he won't go in the first but yeah, he's he won't go in the first yeah uh, he's he's an, another NTDP guy yeah so Matt,
2: Matthew Savoy uh, another guy that's kind of mislated to be a right around Buffalo's pick uh, out of the WHL Winnipeg you know really came on this year uh, had a ninety point season um, you know thirty two PIMs. Uh, you know, what can you tell me about him? Um, because that's a guy, again, he, you know, when you look at the mock drafts, he's always kind of sitting there right around like the mid, mid round, like mid, mid middle of the first round between 10 and 15, you know, kind of sitting there and guys like him and Nazar keep getting slated into Buffalo right around nine.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I think it's just because enough guys kind of jumped up and, and passed him up a little bit just in terms of overall upside and, and, projection. But I mean, really he is a, a super dynamic player. He's got a lot of skill. He's got a lot of grit. He's got a good motor. I think all those things that there are stuff that you want from a, uh, from a player that, I mean, the fact is, is he, he'd be the smallest center in the NHL if he played center, Um, you know, five foot nine, I think there is a bit of a height limit, it seems. Um, and really honestly, like, I think we, we focus on a, uh, position so much because it's really hard to play center at the NHL level. But as we've seen, you know, it's not just about faceoffs. It's not just about you know. Some guys will have center center responsibilities in the defensive zone and winger responsibilities in the offensive zone. Guys not going to take every faceoff. Nobody takes the faceoff on their offhand anymore. You know, so there. You know, you try not. It's still an important position, but you maybe don't have to wait it as much. And it also allows a guy like Matt Savoy to be you know, a guy that can slot into the wing and still play some center kind of style for you if you need him to. So that's an interesting one too. I think there's a lot, there's a, there's, there's a lot there. Um, It's, it's, uh, it's, it's just amazing to, to kind of see how he's developed and, and how the, how, how the conversation has shifted around him because he, he produced this year, he produced, he produced really well. Um, He did get hurt in the playoffs, but you know, he didn't really do anything to, to hurt his draft stock. The only thing that happened was I think enough players kind of jumped ahead of him on the list and, and created a little bit more of a, more buzz for themselves and, and allowed themselves to kind of um, overtake him. But I still think, yeah, he, he very well could be there at nine and he could be a very reasonable pick, reasonable pick there as well. I I agree. And uh, one, one last name I want to throw you
2: before we let you go. Uh, Owen Pickering, another kid, um, that's been thrown around Canadian kid um, out of the WHL. Uh, just tell me a little bit more about him because he's another guy that's been kind of slotted near the end of the end of the first round. Again, where Buffalo is picking at 28. Not that I want Buffalo to pick any more defensemen, but I mean, if, he, if he's a guy that's available at, at the end of the first round, I'd be hard pressed not to take him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he's, he's really good. Uh, you know, I think if I were Buffalo, I'd, I'd be zeroing in on some righties if I could, if there mm-hmm. are any there. But at the same time, a guy like Pickering has such a high ceiling and I, and he may not be there by that point. You know, he's, he's got a big body. He's got attack on weight and muscle. That's something that'll come along. Um, As he grows into his body, you just hope that he still has the mobility that he does because he's a really good skater too. Um, Offensively pretty good. You know, I think the hockey sense at times has waned for me. There are a couple of things I don't love about the way the decisions that he makes with the puck. But uh, aside from that, the the athletic profile is very strong. Um, And, so he makes a lot of sense for for anybody in that that second half of the first round where you know we're looking for some size on the back end we're looking for a guy that might be able to move some pucks and and be a really solid player um you know he certainly fits that bill so if he's still there at 20 i mean you don't care about the handedness at that point you say okay well this guy is this guy's deserving of a pick and Um, He was a guy I had to warm up to a little bit later. I had a chance to see him live a couple of times, many times this season. Uh, I think like five, might've gotten four or five live viewings, including four at the world championship, Mm -hmm. uh, world under 18 championship. And he just, you know, he, he does a lot of things well. And you can see like, he's, he's going to be a developmental project. He's going to be a guy that a team's going to want to get their hands on and really develop. Um, Yeah. And I like him. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, I mean, we talk about drafting all we want you still got to develop those players and uh, you can't, you can't force force them into the NHL, but you can do a lot to help them get there.
2: And the reason I, I picked him is because we talked about Lane Hudson and, you know, big size difference, right? Five it compared to six foot four. But to me, I think Hudson has a bigger ceiling because if he pans out, he is a player that you obviously think is that I, that I, I think he could be. Um, I I project him to be a better, play, better player, better to player that than Owen Pickering. And, that kind of just goes to show you where the size really kind of drops you in the draft. Cause I like Owen Pickering, but when you, you said you brought up Lane Hudson, I, I, I would much rather have the speedy mobile smart defenseman other outside of Owen Pickering, who, like you said, has a lot of good intangibles about his game, but sometimes you question his ability to make the right decisions with the puck.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that it's all, it's all waiting, you know, it's projecting it out too. It's like how, is this something correctable? Is this something, you know, is the awareness, you know, hockey sense is one of those things that's a lot harder to develop and it's a lot harder. If you don't have it now, it's one of those things where you, you, you worry that they'll, it'll ever come. And I don't think Pickering's is, is in such a way that it, it can't be fixed, mm-hmm. you know, or, or can't be helped or it can't be developed. So he's one of those where I'm really excited to, um, to just kind of watch develop. But yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you ask me, I mean, I have, you know, Lane Hudson is, is right in that mix to be, you know, if, if it's between the two of them, I would probably still pick Hudson, you know, and yeah. that's that's just uh, that's just the way I am at this point. Sixty three points, man. And it's just like
2: they the, the got the guy has is he's an he's a he's an electric factor. He's just he's exciting to watch. He makes great plays with the puck. He's you know a heads up hockey player. He's not afraid to join the rush, get involved with the offense. Clearly. Um, but there were, there were times, uh, especially on, on their power play, you see, you would see Lane Hudson you know, buzzing around the net, you know, it, it, again, we saw that with Owen power a lot when he made the jump to the NHL, the guy is not afraid. And he has that fearless attitude, that swagger about him that you just can't teach that man. You either have right. it or you don't.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a huge thing is the confidence and the co- the competitive drive of Lane Hudson is really probably mm-hmm. one of his most attractive qualities. And as a prospect, you know, you're just saying, will, will he do it? Does he have the will? And he absolutely does. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I mean, thanks.
2: Thanks for hopping on with us, man. I appreciate it. Uh, can't wait to have you on for a fourth time. I, I love your insight. I know Kali does. And um, you know, actually, where are you, where are you spending the draft or are you, where are you?
1: Well, there- you know, just because I made this, this awkward timing transition, I'll actually be watching it from my home office. Um, I will be, covering the draft remotely um, I'm disappointed to not being in Montreal but uh, I plan to be at the next draft and really looking forward to that wherever it may be um very excited uh, for for the year to come I, I think there's going to be a lot of big things for for us uh, at Flow Hockey on the horizon here so I uh, can't wait to get it going you want to you want to plug
2: where you, uh, where we can find your content again before we Yeah sure into- I mean
1: I, all my pre-draft stuff all that you know mock drafts rankings all that is still at dailyfaceoff.com um, on draft night head over to flow sports uh, flowhockey.tv tv would be the web address to get to to make sure you see the content i'll be putting up a ton on um you know live first round analysis and then also after that um plenty of post-draft analysis that'll be on flowhockey.tv. hockey tv and uh, that's where i'll be from here on out and then obviously always on twitter at chris m peters on twitter um is where you can uh follow me for draft takes and so much more
2: guys he's a great follow i couldn't couldn't encourage you more to go follow him, uh, Chris Peters. Thank you so much again for hopping on with us, man. Uh, have a great draft night, and I'm uh, congratulations on this new job on uh, this new transition for you. I myself just started a new job too, so I know how it can be. Uh, but congrats, man. Uh, whatever you know, you're gonna kill it no matter
1: what. So no, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And it's always good to be on with you guys. I always have a blast. It's great, to, uh, great talking hockey with some uh, some great hockey guys. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me, man.
2: No problem, man. Uh, This has been episode 102 of Two Goalies, One Mike. Signing off for Cully and Chris Peters. Uh, You guys have a great night, and we will talk to you on draft night. Hey, everybody. This is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, Hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey?